It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. How do you feel about money? We'll look at that in our thought of the day. And in our interview segment, money and happiness expert Ken Honda shares with us why not the money itself, but our emotions around money have so much to do with the degree of happiness we experience. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. Money has such an emotional component to it, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't really seem like it should. After all, money is, among other things, simply a means of exchange between two or more people that measures a perceived value by both parties. In other words, let's say you're hungry with a desire for a pizza. You order the pizza you want, you're told it's $15, and then you exchange your money for it whether in the form of paper or plastic or a variety of other potential currencies, and shortly after that you consume said pizza. That's an excellent use of money. Sure, another person may feel that either pizza is not healthy enough to eat or they don't personally like pizza and wouldn't buy one themselves. But that's the beauty of a free market. People can choose to buy and pay for what they wish based on their own values. And assuming that the price that the pizza shop owner is charging, what he or she is willing to sell it for, matches up with what you, the consumer, are willing to pay, you have that mutual value-for-value exchange, and everyone wins. Because both parties come away better off after the transaction or exchange than they were before the exchange. After all, you wanted the pizza more than you wanted the $15. And the owner of the pizza restaurant wanted the $15 more than he or she wanted the materials it takes to make the pizza, as well as the time, energy, and employee costs, etc. it takes to make it. So that's a very basic usage of money. Nothing particularly emotional about it. Or is there? Actually, money tends to be one of the most emotional concepts there is. Begin talking about money and people have all sorts of visceral responses, actually reactions more than responses. Some resent the very idea of it. Some see money as a source of frustration or even evil, and others see it as a positive. But wow, do people have feelings about it. Unfortunately, most of those feelings tend to have a negative ring. There are many reasons, including the negative messages we receive about money from the world around us, often from the very moment we're aware of its existence, most likely even before being consciously aware of it. I love to actively study prosperity, as it seems to be more productive than studying lack, though even in studying prosperity, one also discovers the causes of lack, as well as how to overcome it and how to help others to overcome it. But best when the study itself is on the positive, the prosperity aspect. And whether we're talking about those tools, books, such as early 20th century author Wallace D. Waddle's classic, The Science of Getting Rich, or James Allen's As a Man Thinketh, 
through Catherine Ponder in her book, The Prosperity Secrets of the Ages, and up to our modern-day prosperity-based authors such as Randy Gage, David Nagel, and Bob Proctor, it seems as though the conscious study of prosperity is badly needed for, if nothing else, to consciously override the constant messages of lack we receive from so many other sources. A large part of understanding both lack and prosperity is understanding the emotions behind our relationship with money, the stories we tell ourselves about it, the feelings we associate with it. I recently read, no, make that devoured, an amazing book by a Japanese-based entrepreneur and mega best-selling author by the name of Ken Honda. I absolutely loved this book, and he brings a wonderful perspective to money, one I hadn't heard before. And that perspective is right in the book's title, which is Happy Money. And he's graciously agreed to join us from his home in Japan to share some of the immense wisdom from his book. No commercial today, a fascinating discussion regarding happy money with Japan's best-selling Zen millionaire Ken Honda right now. Ken Honda is an expert on money and happiness and author of Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. He's also a renowned best-selling self-development author known by many as Japan's best-selling Zen millionaire, with sales of his previous book surpassing 7 million copies since 2001. A former business consultant and investor, his financial expertise comes from owning and managing several businesses, including an accounting company, a management consulting firm, and a venture capital corporation. His writings bridge the topics of finance and self-help, focusing on creating and generating personal wealth and happiness through deeper self-honesty. Ken provides ongoing support through mentoring programs, business seminars, therapeutic workshops, and correspondence courses. Mr. Honda is the first person from Japan to be voted into the Transformational Leadership Council, a group of personal and professional development leaders. He's fluent in Japanese and English, lived in Boston, Massachusetts for two years, and currently resides in Tokyo, Japan. You can learn more about our guest at KenHonda.com where you can also learn more about his book or purchase it right on Amazon.com. All pertinent links will be in the show notes. Hi, Ken. Great to have you with us. I absolutely loved your book. Hello, Bob. I'm, I'm so excited to be here because you're my hero and I've been your student for <laughs> over a decade. Wow. And, you know, and, and we talked about that briefly, that you had read The Go-Giver. I absolutely had no idea. In fact, what happened, my, uh, my business partner, Kathy Tejanel, uh, mm -hmm. she bought the book for me, sent it to me and said with, with a note said, you have to read this. And mm -hmm. we ended up buying it as a, as a gift for all the attendees at a recent uh, workshop we held. So, wow. again, thank you for some wonderful learning and then to hear that you actually had read the go-giver many years ago i was wow what a great compliment you inspired uh, me to give so much more so thank you for your uh, just uh -huh. writing yeah. the book and doing what you do because you, you really inspired me to write my my first english book happy money wow. based on your philosophy well Thank you, or arigato, as, and, and which is a word we will talk about later, because that was a big yes. uh, part of your book. So your book begins with a very interesting story, a rather strange story by most Western standards. You refer to it as a unique experience. Uh, you were at a party, and a yes. woman you just met 
asked if she could take a look at your wallet. Uh, uh-huh. You gave it to her, and she immediately went for the cash and began taking out the large bill. So I'm going to ask yeah. you to take it from there. Yes. Yeah, so I, I was at the party, and at the time, um, Japanese magazines were featuring what kinds of wallets celebrities have, prime ministers, um, you know, uh, like somebody like Justin Bieber. People are curious what kind of wallets you know they they have because they they feel this, there's a relation uh, between what you have and how, how, how well you do financially. So I thought that she was interested in that. So she, I said, make sure you give it back to me. And <laughs> she said, fine. And she took out all the bills and then she, she's checking something and she said, this is great. Oh, this is nice. This is fun. This is yeah. great. And she said, Ken, all your money is good to go. And mm. what did you do? And she said, I... I saw your money smiling in your wallet. That means you're making people happy and receive money. And I said, wow. And she said, on the other hand, if you're doing what you don't like or if you're taking advantage of other people, your money is crying or angry in your wallet. Uh, That really inspired uh, me to think of money as energy. Ah, okay. So then, so let's say, and I, you know, everyone knows I always begin with premises and definitions, probably annoys people, but let, mm-hmm. let me ask you then to share your definition of happy money. What exactly does that mean? So simply put, happy money uh, is money that gives you joy when you receive it. And when you spend it, it also gives you happy feelings. For example, I, I always talk about 10-year-old boy buying a rose of flowers uh, with his allowance money on his Mother's Day or mm-hmm. a charity money um, donated to uh, save people from hurricane disaster area. So, you know, uh, money given out out of love and friendship and care, ah. that's kind of money. So you feel it when you receive it. Okay. Makes makes you smile. And, uh, yes. Feel, okay. I, I, I love that. So unhappy money then would be what? When you're sort of paying your, your rent or your bills and saying, oh, I, I can't believe I have to do that. Yes. So on the other hand, unhappy money is money that gives you ooh, frustrated feeling, despair, anger. And when you spend it, you also feel like, I don't want to pay. You know, why do you have to pay? So it makes you feel like you're crying or you feel like uh, uh, taking advantage of. Okay. Which is most of us are experiencing one way or another. And it's not in U.S., Canada, Japan, China, Europe, Africa, everywhere on this planet Earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somehow, we are drowning in this flow of unhappy money, unfortunately. Yet, if you, let's say, pay your rent and your bills, but with a feeling of joy and gratitude, mm-hmm. that sort of reframes it and it becomes happy money. So it's not so much the money or the payment, but is it sort of how we feel about it then? Yes, yeah, so it, it doesn't really matter how much you have or how much you make. It's about your attitude toward money. So if you mm-hmm. can transform your relationship with money, your life will be totally different. Because once, once you start um, appreciating money coming in, money going out, you uh, find yourself in this cycle of appreciation. And if you start doing that, your mind shifts and you focus on appreciation and a few weeks later, you realize that you forgot to worry about money for a little while. 
Okay, so something you said early on in in this, you know, made its way through uh, throughout the book, but I I found this fascinating. Most people, you say, whether they realize it or not, are already in a deeply committed and usually Mm -hmm. unhappy relationship with their money. Yes, because that's the only way we are taught when we're small children. Our parents, um, uh, with very few exceptions, we are taught that money is bad, money is evil, you have to be careful with money. So it's almost like a loaded guns or grenades in, in, a, in the family or in, in your bag. And unless you're um, very careful with it, it, it it's, it's going to explode in your life. So we are so afraid of money. At the same time, we so badly want money. So right. there's this you know, uh, contradiction, the economy uh, in your psyche you want it so badly, but at the same time, you don't want a grenade in your house. So Right, right. So a very deep and traumatic experience for you occurred one day when you came home from elementary school. You learned that your father um, mm-hmm. felt responsible for a, a tragedy that had occurred. Yes. What happened and, and what was the, the takeaway from that, if you will? When I, um, I think it was in fourth or fifth grade um, in my elementary school, I one day I came back and I, I saw my father was crying in the kitchen like a baby. And then I've never seen a guy cry in my entire life. So I thought men are not capable of crying. You know, Japanese of the tradition, oh. guys don't cry, the samurai tradition. And uh, my mother took me aside and she told me that uh, my father's client uh, committed suicide. And not only committed suicide, he killed the entire family and committed suicide. Oh, and I, that's the first time I learned the term family suicide to save his uh, family from feeling the disgrace of um, uh, shame of uh, going into bankruptcy. So he, he killed the entire family. And my father was asked to give them loans and he denied it because all the money he, he gives would go to loan sharks. So he was ready to give him money after he files bankruptcy. So it just gave him such a big blow Then he felt so responsible. And after that, he was a very happy man, but he kind of went in, down into the uh, depression and, oh. and ended up being alcoholic and that put us all in misery. Oh, so that was, that was my um, dark days, uh, the start of the dark days. And I started, started to think what's wrong with money what's wrong with life so i i think i started my uh, quest of uh, to know the meaning of money at the very uh, young age yeah and you you know you you mentioned a, a few moments ago you used the word dichotomy and mm-hmm. um you kind of noticed that in terms of you know people with money who were very, very happy and very kind and generous and, and seemed to have a sense of fulfillment about them. And then mm-hmm. those who had money that were really the opposite. Yeah. Um, what, did, what did you find with that? I guess that was the, the formal quest, right? In, in terms mm-hmm. of understanding money for you? Mm-hmm. So there's this love and hate relationship with us around money. And it, it, once again, it's not how much you have or how much you make. It's how you feel toward money. So even if you're brought up in the same household, your brothers or your sisters could react money in a totally different way. I talk about money types in my books, but 
you know, we are the spenders and givers and indifferent type, the monk, the hippie, uh, uh, or compulsive uh, moneymaker. Right. We, uh, we're uh, growing up to be something very different. So that's why we have so many fights among siblings because we are so different in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So money or relationship with money totally transforms your life into a certain way, which is fascinating me, for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the concepts in your book that I just loved so much was mm-hmm. the importance of gratitude and simply saying arigato, uh, mm-hmm. Japanese for thank you, on a mm-hmm. constant and consistent basis. Now, you learned this from a great mentor of, of yours, um, yes. Mr. Wahei uh, Takeda. Mm-hmm. And tell, unwrap that for us. What, what did he tell you and when and how? And, and, uh, and I, I love the, uh, the one about saying arigato 100,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, there's a, a very famous investor. His name is Wahei Takeda. Uh, he was a major stockholder um, in uh, more than 100 public companies in Japan. So he's called Warren Buffett of Japan. Ah, right, right, right. Yes, and he's also famous for his Zen type of teaching. So one day I had this uh, great privilege of meeting him in person. And asked, I asked him, I wanted to know about the tips of stocks and what kind of stocks I should buy to, to be a millionaire. And he said... Um, all you have to do is thank your money, arigato your money. That's the short shortcut, shortest cut to your wealth. And I didn't get it. Arigato your money. And, and she said, oh, one more thing. Arigato your money when it goes out. And that reminded me of uh, Mr. Miyagi, you know, Karate Kid. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Walks in, walks out. Right. It's like, arigato in, arigato out. <laughs> and I asked him, there has to be more. And he said, no, that's it. Oh. So practice it at least for a week. So I went back and just started appreciating money when, when I received the money. Uh, and then when I spend money, I also say arigato or thank you. Uh, either, or whatever the language is fine. So I realized that um, and after that, um, I really ignore about the money and also the feeling around money. And uh, after that, I, I, I had... Be- began to develop this sense of gratitude around money I have and uh, the money flowing in our lives. So my life is totally shifted. And it doesn't cost you anything. You have to do only one thing, arigato, your money, or thank your money. Oh, wow. I love that. Um, and, you know, it's so funny because when you have gratitude, you really operate out of love. And it reminds me of another word you introduced in the book that Mr. Takeda, I believe, introduced to you, and that is maro. Mm-hmm. Could you unpack that for us? Yes, the maro is a short term for your sincerity, your true heart. So if you have that, you have no problem in life. So one day he was asked to uh, give somebody a loan of about $1,000. And he said, instead of giving you, uh, loaning you $1,000, I'm going to buy you a thank you. So uh, Wahei instructed the guy to repeat arigato, arigato, arigato a hundred thousand times. So in in other words, he said he's going to buy his thank you, uh, one thank you, one yen or one (laughs) cent. Ah, okay. Yeah, and then he agreed. 
So he kept saying, thank you, thank you. You can usually do that 3,000 times a day. And after that, you know, 3,000 times by 30 days, he accomplished his mission. And uh, he uh, um, came back to Wahe, and he was surprisingly uh, getting hired again and found his love. So his, his life is totally shifted after about a month, after about 100,000 uh, thank you in his life. So if you start appreciating, somehow it opens up the doors of new opportunities and a totally new life. Oh, I love that. And you know what? One of the lessons from that I received was that it's not as though just saying arigato is is uh, magical or mystical. It's that it what it does is it puts you in the mindset mm-hmm. to be able to operate in a way that's conducent to operating from a sense of happy money. Uh, yes. You know, how can you say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and not feel grateful, right? Right. And when right. you have that gratitude, now, you know, now things start to happen. Right. And so some people think it's spiritual, but it's not. Uh, one of my students was a, a high school graduate, and she didn't have a college degree, and she was a low-paying secretary. Um, 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 and then uh, she was, used to complain about his, uh, her boss about not paying her enough. But she shifted her mind and started appreciating uh, him because she didn't have a college degree, but still he hired her as, as his secretary. And a few weeks later, he really got it. So her boss gave him a big raise because uh, her attitude changed. So he wanted to uh, thank her back by giving her a raise. Wow. So it works. You know, people feel if somebody is appreciating you or not. So, uh, you know, even though we're not psychic, we know uh, just uh, a feeling uh, of other people's mind. And I think money is the same way. If you have a warm feeling toward money, money does the same thing for you. So um, that way you can transform your life, uh, life around money. And then if you are happier with money, you'll be happier with your partners, friends, family members, and somehow it really uplifts your life. Mm. Now, another, and you, you uh, brought this up early in the book, and that mm-hmm. was when you talked about money, IQ, and yes. EQ. Um, yes. Would you unwrap that for us a, a little bit in the importance of consciousness? Uh-huh. So after, after um, I found out about the family suicide uh, incident, you know, I, I'd begun to read, uh, ask people around money, and uh, when I hit my uh, teens, 17, 18, I started reading um, many books around money. And I realized that uh, there are two kinds of uh, money knowledge. One is uh, uh, stocks, uh, uh, taxes, and ROE and ROI, and all those technical terms around money. And and also at the same time, I realized that even the smartest people uh, who, who receives Nobel Prizes, they could go bankrupt. And I realized why, I wondered, why, why is that? And, I, and then uh, my mentor told me there are two kinds of money knowledge, money IQ and money EQ. And money IQ is knowledge, money EQ is emotion. Mm-hmm. So it, unless you have a high money EQ, you mm-hmm. could go bankrupt. So sure. you really have to develop your money EQ. And then I, I started learning about money EQ and I teach money uh, EQ um, worldwide now. 
So what is the, um, the myth of scarcity? And then I guess the follow-up question is, why is it so pervasive? Uh, because, you know, if you're brought, brought up in a regular household, uh, we're growing up in, a, in, in an environment that money is tight, something is uh, pressing, we felt a lot of pressure. So uh, there are many sayings in Japan, like, uh, and I'm, I'm sure in the U.S. too, like money doesn't go grow on trees. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, not a, we're not a Rockefeller family, you know. <laughs> <that kind of, laughs> right, you know, right, right. Uh, in Japan, we said money doesn't uh, fall like rain, you know. So it's uh, the same concept. Yeah. So we've been scolded, we've been ridiculed and around money. So we are scared that we may make, make uh, bad mistakes around money. So because we have that uh, negative beliefs around money and, and we feel like we can't lose money. So uh, we are terrified when we have to make a decision of buying a house, buying a car, or even buying something small. You feel, we feel like we have to compare uh, the prices on uh, internet, and if you just find out that uh, somewhere they're selling cheaper, you feel like a part of you gets ripped off. Oh, right. So, uh, you know, we're so brainwashed that there's not enough in the world, so you have to keep it, otherwise you'll be dead. Okay, well, and, and, and that's a myth. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and, and you do such a wonderful job in the book of retraining our brains for this. I mean, it was just, uh, just such a, so wonderful. Now, I want to ask you about your daughter, Hana, because you have a great relationship with her and you're doing a wonderful uh -huh. job of teaching her uh, about uh -huh. money. What would you say, Ken, uh, is the main, I'm sure there's many things, but the main thing, if you will, that you believe parents absolutely must teach their children about money if they're going to have a happy relationship with money. Yeah, money could be your friend. You know, money can buy you uh, food, money can buy you clothes, money can uh, give you great experiences. So instead of like scaring your kids around money, you know, just uh, share what money can do. So I, I used to teach my daughter, you know, money is a great thing. So let's donate this money to this charity, to this person. So, you know, money can do wonders. But at the same time, you know, I taught her, it's like a, um, um, teaching her how to use a knife. If you just use it properly, you can cook, you can do so many things. But if you do it uh, wrong, you know, you could cut yourself. So money could be a double-edged sword in that sense. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need to scare your kids. You know, if, you don't, if you're not careful, you'd be dead on the street or something, you know. And, and there's a lot of uh, threats in the household that bothers me. Uh, it's not happening uh, only in one country, one culture. It's happening everywhere. There's so many threats. I, I read somewhere, by the time we grow up to be 10, uh, we've been uh, uh, inundated with uh, 50,000 threats, you know. If you don't do this, you'll be what, you know. So, uh, so uh. there's this, this mentality, I have to do something right. But the, the problem is we don't know what we're supposed to do. That's why we're so lost after we grow up. Oh, wow. That's powerful.
Okay, let me ask you if you wouldn't mind to, mm-hmm. and, and we'll we'll conclude with this, what you called your five steps to happy money. Now, obviously, I'm asking you just to do a very brief overview, but this is what the <laughs> book's about. And I mean, this is why you, they ever, I want everybody to get this book so they can learn exactly how to, to do this. But would you take us through those five basic steps? Sure, very quickly. You have to get out of this scarcity mindset. That means um, you may... You may have felt like there's not enough, but just breathe, relax. There's a lot more. If you don't have money in your bank, there is money in the bank, uh, not, not under your name. So you have to be you know, smart. Uh, even if you don't have money, there is plenty of money. You have to know how to receive it, how to let the flow going. So um, just um, you know, open your eyes and see there is money in the world. And then the other thing is forgive and heal your money wounds. Oh, we yeah. were badly hurt uh, hurt when we were small kids. Uh, yesterday, at my lecture, I did an exercise with 100 people. A lot of people cried because I was denied this opportunity to go stay in Los Angeles for English studies. Um, I, 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 was, I was dying to go there when I was 16, but I was denied that. Um, because it costs money. So I'm sure you've been denied and disappointed around money. Yeah, you that's have a wound. To, yeah, you have to forgive your parents. Uh, they did their best at the time, and then their best wasn't enough for you. And you, you can forgive them and also heal your money wounds is the second step. And the third step is discover your gifts and get into the flow of happy money. Yes. In the world... Um, you have to really find out what you're good at. Uh, that's another thing I, I teach a lot to uh, people. Uh, you're born with certain gifts. So you have to find who you are. And if you're willing to share, you know, go, go give. If you become a go-giver person, <laughs> you'll be rewarded. You know, I'm your student. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rule of value. If you give value, you get valued. So that is uh, number three. Agreed, right? Pardon me? Oh, no, you, you agree with me, right? On this. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the number four is trust life. A lot of people worry about money, but it's not about the money. It's about the trust issue. If, uh, if you're afraid of money, you're not afraid of money. You're afraid of the situation in the future with no money. So uh, I've interviewed so many uh, millionaires who who going through the situations with no money, and they didn't die there. That they learned that no money situation can help them to uh, be more receptive of other people's help. So if you if you can have trust uh, in life, not in money, you 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 be a, a bigger risk taker. You go give to the world. And then um, if you go take a rest and start giving, you'll be given. So that's what I actually uh, I did with my booklets. I, I started giving away my booklets uh, of uh, Happy Money, uh, original one, uh, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've given out uh, about 100,000 copies of my free, co- uh, free booklets. And by the time a publisher called me, so, uh, and I became uh-huh. a, a best-selling author. Yep. So trust life, start giving, go become a go-giver. Trust life. <laughs> okay, and the last one is 
say arigato all the uh, say arigato all the time. Just mm-hmm. say arigato. Uh, thank your partners. Thank your uh, co-workers, your boss, and the people who work with you, your clients. And if you just keep saying thank you, uh, they will thank you back. And life is very interesting. If you thank life, life thanks you. And that's the thing I want to share with you. Arigato your life. Mm. And, and and just a couple of things we we a couple of the many things we didn't get to cover because there's so much delicious information in this book that when people uh, read the book I want you to to remember you're going to learn something uh, you're going to learn a lot about your money blueprint and mm-hmm. how you can actually adjust and change your blueprint to serve you and mm-hmm. you're also going to read a story. Uh, about someone called Tiger Mask, who did something yes. which is probably one of the most wonderful examples of happy uh-huh. money ever. So those are just a couple of things when when people uh, get the book, and I just really hope they do, that they are going to just enjoy immeasurably. Zen millionaire Ken Honda is author of Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. Now, you can get his book on Amazon.com and learn more about everything uh, Ken Honda does at KenHonda.com. It's a great website with lots of fantastic information. Both links will be in the show notes. And And again, I know you've heard me say this, but this is really just such an excellent book. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's that good. So I want you to pick up a copy for yourself, for your children and your grandchildren, if you have them, and everyone you love. So, Ken, thank you so much. And may I say, and I hope I'm saying this correctly, Domo uh-huh. Arigato Gazamashita. <laughs> thank you so much, Bob. You've been a great teacher for me for many years, and I'm, I feel so blessed and honored to be on your show. And God bless everybody, and have a beautiful life. Thank you so much. Main takeaway I receive from Ken is that it's our attitudes and emotions about money that give it its meaning and leads to our being happy with the money we have. Above all, be grateful and always say arigato. What did you learn from Ken that you can begin applying right away? And do you feel it would be worthwhile to make sure your children learn these lessons and take them to heart as well? Please feel free to write to me at bobatberg.com and let me know. All of John David Mann's and my books in the Go-Giver series can be found at thegogiver.com, where you can download chapters one and two, or just click on the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver Podcast is brought to you by TheGoGiver.com. Visit www.TheGoGiver.com and get our free special report, Endless Prospects, The Go-Giver Way. That's TheGoGiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.